As we sit here and record this, the Oscar nominations have arrived hot off the presses, and I am crushed that our next film didn't even make the list, I mean, at all. Me too, but many great films were snubbed this year, but let's save that for another conversation, otherwise we'll be here all day. Totally. For now, we turn our attention to a softer film with a huge impact, A Hidden Life. She's Kaylee. I'm Tuesday, and this is Whiskey and Popcorn. A Hidden Life is a biopic of Blessed Franz Jägerstatter, an Austrian farmer, husband, and father. He lives quietly with his family in a small village in the Austrian mountains. Yet the relative seclusion is not enough to buffer them from World War II. Franz and his family soon find themselves confronted with a moral and spiritual dilemma, swear fealty to Hitler or oppose the evil he and his party commits. Here's a clip from the trailer. Remember the day when we first met? I remember. That motorcycle, my best dress. You looked at me and I knew how simple life was then. What's happened to our country? Killing innocent people, raiding other countries, preying on the weak. If our leaders, if they're evil, what does one do? You have a duty to the fatherland. The church tells you so. You cannot say no to your race and your hope. You are a traitor. Swear loyalty to Hitler. I can't. Do you think your defiance will change the course of things? If God gives us free will, we're responsible for what we do, what we fail to do. Writer and director Terence Malick makes an introspective approach to Franz's story, with much of Franz and his wife narrating their thoughts while we watch them go about their daily lives. August Deal who you might recognize from Inglorious Bastards or Salt, stars as the very convincing Franz. Valerie Patchner stars as his wife, Fanny. And as I said before, this is a soft movie, a soft war movie specifically, and I don't mean that lightly. Malik really focuses on the story of this very pastoral family. They're really nobodies who could have been easily forgotten by history. We've seen massive, sprawling epics like 1917, which we loved, uh, Dunkirk as well. There's the thinky, character-driven pieces like Operation Finale or The Aftermath. And we've also seen comedic renditions like Jojo Rabbit or Inglorious Bastards, which Deal, as you said, also starred in. A Hidden Life is really unlike any war movie that I've ever seen. It's quiet, deliberate, and piercing. I couldn't agree more. The aerial views alone are worth talking about. 
Using the real town, the real house, the real courtroom, it made it all so real. What a hard decision for the real life Franz, knowing the hardship him and his family would face because of this decision. It had this beautiful religious and political aspect, but none of it was really in your face either. It was almost more about morality, you know, doing what's right because it's right. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes I just wanted to scream, no one's going to know you're doing this, just cave. And I think that's something that he's confronted with throughout the whole movie. Every time he's interrogated, every time he's shifted to a new prison facility, they're like, why are you doing this? Why don't you just swear fealty to Hitler? Nobody's going to know one way or the other. And Franz, he just can't do that. You see him struggle with it. You see him get down on his knees and praying to God and like, where are you, God? But he is just such a devout and morally upright human being that he knows what the Nazis are doing is incredibly wrong. It just goes against every aspect of human nature and human rights. And he can't he can't submit to that, which that little act of heroism, even though nobody would know about him, which is kind of laughable now because now the world knows about him, it's huge. And it just shows what the common man can accomplish, which is what makes this story so fascinating for me. And, you know, it, it's a story we've seen through and through in history, Siddhartha, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King Jr. It, you know, it throughout the movie, I was thinking of this quote that I love, which is, um, "Bad thing or good things whisper, bad things shout," mm. and that's what I really got from this character a lot. And you know, watching this interview they did with August, who plays Franz. He actually learned how to farm from local farmers in the village that they recorded. He spent days alone in a prison cell to the point where he was facing anxiety and loneliness. You know, I mean, that kind of commitment to acting is not seen like we would hope. And, you know, he said even being in the real home of Franz was this shivering moment, especially because his daughters were actually on set for the filming while they were in the house. And it's just beautiful. It, you know, I, I actually, I want to diverge here because you could put him up against the Gandhis and the Siddharthas and stuff, but those were all like very educated, upper crust, if you will, men. Agreed. Franz, he's the lowest of low. He's just a farmer. Who's to say how much education he actually had? He was not a scholar. He was not a leader in his village by any means. Like everybody knew him. It was a small village but he wasn't the mayor or anything. Like he really is just the common man. And I think that's what makes his story stand out and you know, make it all the more powerful because his act of defiance, he didn't get any followers. And one thing that the film also points out, it's not just Franz's story. Half of the film is spent with his wife, Fanny, and we see how the village turns on her and her children because of her husband's decision. And it's really hard because they call her and her family a traitor. They say her husband's a traitor. They throw rocks at her and at her kids. And it makes life so unbearable. And it was a really beautiful balance between the struggles of 
those who are left behind as well as those who are going through it because Franz is going through prison. He's getting beat up. He's being starved. The other prisoners are bullying him, threatening him. And every day he doesn't know if he's going to be pulled out of the line and shot. I think this is a part of the story of World War II that we don't often see here in the United States is the Austrians who were against Hitler. We always think of all the victims, but some of the victims were their own countrymen. And on that note, can we talk about the relationship between Mm -hmm. Franz and his wife? Talk about a beautiful growth sequence sequence throughout the film. They really went from, you know, sensuous and and lovers and in love with each other to really going through all this strife together, becoming almost soulmates. Very deep. Instead of this decision that Franz makes tearing them apart, they only grow stronger together, even though they are separated from each other for a good portion of the story. And... You know, it's beautiful. We hear in the trailer how she says, I remember the first day I met you, the bike you rode in on the dress that I was wearing. And that love was very real. The villagers who remembered them say that they were very affectionate and loving towards each other and that we have all the letters that they sent to each other back and forth, which helps narrate the story. Oh, the letters. It's just like it breaks your heart. Um, and it's like, it's a true love and not in the sappy Hallmark Disney way. True love suffers and that's exactly what they do. One question I had for you, what was your opinion on the score, the music on the film? It was gorgeous. That's what I thought too. It was so beautiful. It married with the visuals so well and the visuals are awe-inspiring. Like, as far as cinematography, in my mind, it's a truly a war between 1917 and A Hidden Life. Ooh, yeah, I could see that. That's hard. And 1917 really pushes the boundaries of what you can do with cinematography. But for sheer just beauty and framing and sense of place, A Hidden Life captures that. And Malik, he like he gets the clouds coming over the mountains and you see spring or winter come over the valleys and it's contrasted with these horrible, awfully colored blank cells, Mm -hmm. prison cells. And it's just the juxtaposition between the prisons and then the pastoral life were amazing. Oh, it's it's very apparent. And like I had said, the aerials are so incredible and the it, it, like you said, it's almost like the breaking apart between heaven and earth, mm. and I really liked those particular scenes. Now I have an additional question, audience. I just want to tell you we did not watch this film together, so that's why I have questions <laughs> for Kaylee. Uh, what was your opinion? I I will hold my opinion, but what, what how did you feel during the courtroom scene? I, well, to, I guess I should just start off with that I didn't know Franz's story at all. And I thought, maybe he's going to get off. Maybe they're going to let him off. They don't. And <laughs> Spoiler alert, yes. he does not. Um, which devastated me. And that courtroom scene, you know, what was heartbreaking about it is that one of the, the, the head judge there, like, he wanted to let him go. He didn't really see any point. I almost felt like he was, like, Punch's pilot. 
you know, I, I see no reason to condemn this man. I wash my hands of him. I'm turning him over to you. Totally like that. Crowd. Yeah. And I was getting that very much, um, like the blocking and the pacing and the scripting of all that scene was so piercing. It really got to me. And I think when he was condemned, I was in shock with him. Yeah, I was almost shaking watching it because uh, I too, you know, I I knew the gist of his story, but by no means have, you know, eight novels been written about him or anything <laughs> like that. So, you know, watching it and then retrospectively knowing that that was the courtroom where everything happened is just jarring. The, the sense of space there, he kind of talks about in some interviews, but I just wondering, you know, if he ever felt like Franz just kind of there over his shoulder, kind of guiding him on or anything like that. I can't imagine him not feeling that, especially yeah. with his daughters around and actually being in that that town. Yeah. And feeling everything. It, it must have been very emotional on set for many, if not all, of the scenes. And one thing that I also can appreciate in this film and in, in the story is, like, when he goes to the bishop and everything and says, you know, what do I do when, you know, the leaders of my country are doing evil? Um, you know, do I follow what, you know, do I give what is to Caesar and to Caesar and give to God what is to God? What do I do? And this whole, they highlight how Catholic, Protestant, whatever religion you are, you were put under the boot. And if you didn't follow through, you were going to be sent off to the camps, which they did with many religious, as well as the Jewish people and the gypsies. And anybody who didn't fit was sent away to camps. And I appreciated that little bit of a nod to show how difficult it was because they're basically he was getting advice like you know just just survive just make sure your family survives you know god won't hold it against you to protect your family and it wasn't just one religion or one group i mean we completely know the sense of apathy that the u.s had for many years Mm -hmm. and just you know to be gently reminded of that was hard but also very was a nice reminder yeah i guess yeah well, World War II makes me want to drink. <laughs> I think war in general makes us all want to drink. <laughs> Touche. The only two things during war that go up are pornography and alcohol sales. I don't even know how to take that. Yeah. Given the nature of our film is the farthest from those licentious vices as possible. But do You're go welcome. on. Um, so a popular drink in World War II was the sidecar. Tell me more. I thought it'd be a nice little uh, drink for this film since I tend to sip and spend a long time on my sidecars. I thought it'd be nice since this is a longer film. So a sidecar is going to have cognac, lemon juice, and triple sec, of course, all in different varying sizes. And I like it straight up without ice. Mmm, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of a more central European slash Germanic wine. A Riesling would go really nice with this film. There's something about the white wine and its clarity that would just match with the moral of the Franz's story and the beautiful scenery. And, you know, I could raise a glass to that man's life. Well... In that case, maybe we'll just get a bottle of that. 
Cheers to France and all the unsung heroes of history. Amen and cheers to that. To wrap up our review, remember, if you like us, you can always subscribe to any of your favorite podcast outlets. Now, of course, also on Google Play. Just search Whiskey and Popcorn and do the same thing on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a shout out. Tell us what movies that you're liking, which ones that you're hating. We always love to hear from you guys. Thanks so much. We'll catch you at the movies. Mm -hmm.